1: You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox
0: Sports Radio. Well, do we have your attention now after game two of the NBA Finals? Come on in, stay a while. Reggie Miller will stop by a little bit later on. The Heat Steal Game Two. The series tied at a game apiece. Game Three will be on Wednesday. Who do you think is favored? Game three, Wednesday night in Miami, according to DraftKings. Todd, I'll start with
3: you. I'm going to say Nuggets, three and a half.
0: All right. Seton O'Connor. Say
4: Heat, three and a half. All right. Marv? Miami, two and a half. Pauly? Oh, man. Nuggets, two and a half. Nuggets, two
0: point favorites right now. 877-3DP-SHOW, email address, dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle at show. I had people sa- asking me this yesterday prior to the game. A couple of my friends think it's going to be a sweep, and I go, no. Are you sure? Certainly sounded like that after game one. I go, it's game one. They have to play a whole new game. They don't just pick up where they left off after game one. Game two, Miami had shots, made shots. They were more aggressive. You know, there's no real mystery to the recipe here. Be aggressive, get to the free throw line, and make your open shots. And they did that last night. They were more aggressive, and they got the win. Stat of the day brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. Got a play of the day, poll question, stat of the day, all of that forthcoming. In fact, what do we have, Seton, poll question-wise?
2: Well, Dan, we can start actually by going back to Friday's poll question. <laughs> right After, which was, after Thursday night's game, Nuggets Heat Series is more likely to sweep or go seven. Do you want to guess what those uh, results were? I thought it was sweep 70%. Oh, 80%, Dan. Oh, 80%. 80% sweep, yeah. Okay. Dangering. Alright. Uh, how about we could just go with who would you bet on to win the series Ooh. now,
0: Heat or Nuggets? Ooh. Who would you bet on? I'd still bet on Denver, but. Look, the more you watch Miami, the more you realize that Jimmy Butler's philosophy is what leads them whenever they go into the series, whenever they're down, whenever people doubt, here's Jimmy Butler after last night.
3: I just think nobody cares on our team. We're not not worried about what anybody thinks. We're so focused in on what we do well and who we are as a group that at the end of the day, that's what we fall back on. Make or miss shots, we're going to be who we are because we're not worried about anybody else. It's how it's been all year long, and um, that's not going to change. So that's what I think it is. I think it's the I don't give a damn factor.
0: Uh, This uh, program brought to you by the great folks at Mercedes. The Mercedes-Benz SUV family proves that it's easy to come in and take a test drive. takes no time at all to set it up. Mercedes-Benz dealer. Learn more at com. There's also the thought, and we brought this up, Ben Adebayo, the Miami Heat Center brought it up, that. You have to limit Joker and his ability to be able to set up his teammates. He had four assists last night. Now, if they make the shots, he has 12 assists. And Then this might be a moot point. But the fact that he put up 41, they lost, and uh, he wasn't able to get everybody else involved. Well, here is the question from Ramona Shelburne of the Mothership to the Miami Heat head coach Eric Spolstra.
2: This is probably oversimplifying things, but sometimes when when teams play against Jokic, you, you turn him into a scorer, you turn him into a
5: passer, and he controls the game. He only had four assists. So not- yeah, that, that's ridiculous. You know, it's just that's the untrained eye that, that says something like that. This guy's an incredible player. Twice in two seasons, he's been the best player on this planet. You can't just say... <laughs> Oh, make him a score. <laughs> That's not how they play. They, they have so many different actions that just get you compromised. We have to focus on what we do. Um, you know, we try to do things the hard way, um, and he requires you to do many things the hard way. And we, He has our full respect. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Coach. Okay,
0: what's he bothered about? Was she disrespectful? Yeah, I don't think there was anything disrespectful. She basically saying, Look, I'm going to oversimplify this. And then he basically stops her in her tracks. Bam out of bio said that, you know, basically that when the series started, that he, if he's a scorer and not a facilitator, that's what we have to kind of push him into. You know, I, I, I'm kind of surprised that Spolster is unnerved by that. Yes. He, At what point did Ramona say in there
4: that he's not a good player? Yeah, Paul. I I think, I'm trying to see any way Spolster could be bothered. Coaches don't like to take jabs or give any bulletin board. I wonder if he thought that by going along with Ramona Shelburne's questioning, he would have been somehow saying, yeah, we want Jokic to be the the scorer because then we know we'll win. We have a better chance of winning. And that would somehow demean him. I think that's what he was being defensive about.
0: Well, I could only give this to you from firsthand experience when – If you try to act like you know as much or more than the coach does, the coach has a real problem with that. That happened with me when Pat Riley was the head coach of the Knicks, and I asked a question, and he shot me down in front of all the reporters because I was acting like I knew basketball. And uh, I think that's what it is. You know, the untrained eye is what he's saying. So he's saying... I'm coaching, you're watching. Oh, you figured it out, too, then. Yeah. Oh, okay, got yeah. it. Yes, Todd.
3: You could also use words like, I know in the moment you can't edit yourself, but that type of narrative or those who suggest that, so it doesn't sound so personal, so it's Ramona. I think there's a way to get into that without it sounding like he's you know, but, attacking but, her specifically.
0: Just give me your question. I don't, I don't think she's suggesting, and she's saying oversimplify.
2: This is probably oversimplifying things, but sometimes when, when teams play against Jokic, you, you turn him into a scorer, you turn him into a passer, and he
0: controls the game. You, he only had four assists tonight. Yeah. Okay. It, that's not outlandish. People have talked about this. One of his own players spoke about this, that you want to make sure... And, and it felt like when Miami built up a lead, then Joker said, I don't want this to get out of hand, and he started scoring. I think what the Miami Heat did is... They guarded the other guys. They didn't try to give help to Bam guarding uh, Jokic. I think that's really what it came down to. And they didn't make their shots. Now, if they knock those shots down and he ends up with 12 assists, then Miami's down 0-2 going back home. They didn't make those shots. It's not like Jokic wasn't trying to be a facilitator. They just didn't make their shots. And he did, and he took a lot of shots. Miami hit their threes. They were far more aggressive and they went through the free throw line. I mean, that's what it comes down to. I mean, not to oversimplify this because I don't want to get verbally spanked by a coach in the uh, process, but hey, Miami, be aggressive and get to the hoop. We talked about that after game one. If you're going to shoot two free throws, you know what that tells me? You're shooting threes. Get to the hoop. Get some fouls. They went 18 of 20 from the line and they made their shots. And they were more aggressive. That's it. And now Denver, who's favored in Game 3, what adjustments do you make? You know what the adjustments? How about you make your shots? That's all. (laughs) It's a great philosophy. You don't need to be a great coach to go, you know what, guys? We need to make our shots. Okay, coach, let's go. That's all that that this is. Be more aggressive, get after loose balls, and realize that you're in for a fight here. This is going six, maybe seven games. But, you know, don't. We were talking about how this offense, this Denver offense, is one of the greatest offenses of all time. Well, it's great when it works. <laughs> Just like any other offense, it's great when it works. And when it doesn't, then you've got to give credit to Miami. And this is Eric Spolster doing the right things, pressing the right buttons. Jimmy Butler didn't play well, Bam Adebayo played well. Bam Adebayo, to me, is the key. If Miami wins this, it'll be because he keeps pressure on the Joker. Offensively and defensively. Do the best you can defensively, but offensively, you have to make him pay. Make your shots when you have open looks. Because after Game 1, I said, don't be fooled by this. Miami had open looks, they just didn't make them. And if they continue to make them, Miami is going to stretch this out. But Game 3... Let's see how Denver responds now as a two-point favor. Uh, 877-3DP-SHOW, email address, dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle at show. We say good morning. Those watching on Peacock, our streaming partner, download the app if you haven't done so. Also, our radio affiliates, chat row as well, and uh, we'll get to your phone calls as we always do every Monday. Best and worst of the weekend, what you saw that you like, you didn't like. Uh, game two, Stanley Cup final. Uh, Golden Knights taking game one, five, two. And uh, thank you, Marvin. Thank you. <laughs> As if we needed the sound effect to <laughs> let people get the feel. Every time we mention hockey, we have to play that. Yeah. Whenever I say Stanley Cup, fun, it, yeah, it's automatic. Yes. A voice recognition there. Yes, Todd?
3: It was exciting for a while. The Panthers scored a goal to tie it, two with 10 seconds left in the second period. And then it was all Knights with three goals in the third. Mm-hmm.
4: Thank you, Todd. There's your five good seconds. Thank you, Todd. Thank you, yes, Paul. Do they leave the horn longer when it's a third period goal? Do you notice that like does the horn guy it seems like the horn guy has control over the length of the horn after a goal because sometimes in the first period it's it's horn, maybe three seconds and out, mm. but if it's a third period, I've noticed some places where it's a big goal, game time, game you take the game they they let it play out mm. Mm-hmm. These are my hockey questions. Huh? So ride the horn a little longer on this one. It's a bigger goal. Ride the horn. Isn't that the. Hey, panther? Tommy. Yeah.
0: yeah. Hey, Tommy. Got to ride
2: the horn a little ride bit the here. On this one.
4: All righty. Isn't that the, like the light like the beam? Ride the horn? Yeah, ride the horn.
2: Ride the horn. <laughs> <laughs> on, Ty, we just came down. We we're down 4 1. Come on. We just tied it up 4 4. Ride the horn.
0: Come on, Tommy. Yeah.
1: All right.
0: All right. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Seaton, do we have a poll question
5: today?
2: Uh yeah, we were just talking about it, Dan. Uh, who were you more likely to uh who's who would you bet on to win the series? Okay, now? all right, that's the one we're going with. Okay. Um, who's going with the Heat now? Anybody going with the Heat? No, I feel like I did the Nuggets before, so I'll take the Heat now. All right, Reggie. <laughs> Reggie Miller has one. that didn't take long. smart. Yeah,
0: yeah I'll take the Heat now. Reg, yeah, sure. Reggie Miller has the Heat winning in six.
3: Yes, Todd. When is trying to motivate your team publicly? Uh, A detriment. Like, if you're a a player on the Nuggets, do you need Michael Malone to say publicly they outworked us and, you know, like basically almost like they wanted it more down the stretch? What does that really do to a player? Do you need to hear that?
0: Um, He did say this after the game. And I asked the team, you
5: guys tell me why we lost. And they knew the answer. Miami came in here and outworked us, and we were by far our least disciplined game of these 16 or 17 playoff games, whatever it is now. If we're going to try to go down there and regain control of this series and get home court advantage back, we're going to have to outwork Miami, which we didn't do tonight, and our discipline is going to have to be off the charts.
0: Okay. He asked them what they didn't do, why they lost, and they told him. They weren't as disciplined, they weren't as hungry. They didn't want it as bad. (laughs) When did you realize that they weren't disciplined and who's responsible for their discipline? <laughs> let's just not work as hard tonight. And Guys, slow down. You're working too hard. Let's save it. If we can win at home
2: 75% of uh, work ethic, let's let's just try that. See what
0: happens.
3: Yeah.
2: Let's see if we can coast tonight, all
3: right?
4: Ready? Break. Yes, Tom. Is
3: Julius Randle now an assistant coach of the Nuggets that we
5: weren't aware of about wanting it enough?
4: Yes, Paul. I'm going to call out Fritzy for calling out Michael Malone because Fritzy called out Michael Malone for calling out his team, but Michael Malone <laughs> says the team called out itself Wait, when he asked, Hold on, hold on. I, I, I got it. That up.
0: So you're calling out Fritzy for calling out the head coach
4: who called out his team. Yeah, cuz I'm saying he didn't call out his team. He asked his team what the problem was and they told him what the problem was and then he's just reiterating the problem.
0: But then he reiterated the problem publicly, therefore he called out his team. He's
4: call, He's alerting us of the self-call-out <laughs> of the Nuggets he's a v. by themselves, hereto forth with, whilst playing. Yeah. Yeah. Back to you. Yeah, he did call him out.
0: He didn't have to say that in the press conference. He could have said, hey, what I tell them stays in the locker room. That's it. We're going to keep that between us. <laughs> I love the fact that nothing is kept between anybody in the locker room anymore. As soon as it's said, somebody will tell somebody and it's already out. You don't have to get to a press right. conference. <laughs> yes, Paulie?
4: I think that would bother me the most as an athlete. If, if the coach went out there, I think, Fritz, has got a point, though. If a coach comes out there and I'm, I just played 47 minutes, I'm sweating, and the coach played no minutes, you know, our team really didn't give their full effort tonight. You could say we didn't hit our shots or we didn't execute the trap well or we uh, didn't jump out on screens. But if you say, we didn't give our full effort, I'd be like, man, hold yeah, I on a second. I don't know what that means, that, that we weren't hustling. Everybody, like all 12? Were...
0: Tell me who wasn't hustling, Coach. Could you could you call out your team now? Who wasn't hustling? Who didn't want it bad enough? Yeah, Seaton.
2: I don't know. I think that there are times, though, where it looks like people are playing slower or less hard than they do in other games. But this is the NBA final. Yeah, no, You would... Thing. But sometimes, like, uh, you fight a little harder through a screen, or sometimes that screen just gets you. I don't know.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I, I don't know that everybody out there can honestly say, like, I gave 100% of my maximum effort. It might have been your 100% that night, but your 100% was lower than it was other nights. Okay.
4: But, but you can give 110%, though, in some games, that right? It does See? not exist, no. Yeah, I don't know. In sports it does. I don't think you no. can give
0: 110 it Can you give 110% exist. in life? Because it feels like it's only in sports that you can give one hundred and ten
4: percent. No, I actually saw one of my daughter's daughter's report cards, and in gym she got one hundred and two percent on her report card.
0: Okay, well Next then credit points. That's one hundred and two percent.
4: Right, you can't get one hundred and ten. Not one
0: hundred and ten. percent
2: She gave one hundred and ten to get one hundred
4: and two. <laughs> <laughs> but then she missed class. So she one.
2: actually didn't give full effort then because she missed eight percentage points of effort. So she she did not she actually did not she give
0: disappointed. Up. Right. Yeah. Wow. She could be called out. <laughs> I would think. I'm going to
4: call her up right now.
0: Are you guys giving 110% today? 110?
4: Yes.
3: It is a Monday. Got to kind of gradually boost your way up to that 110%. No. No. Every day, if, every hour, every minute is the Super Bowl. Though. What yeah. did we say we're
4: giving 100%? Is that not enough? It's okay. Wouldn't you be disappointed I, in this, though? A little bit. <laughs> like, this
0: is your max effort? Yeah. This is 100% of what you have to Well, offer? plus, if I saw that that was your 100%, I'd be disappointed. <laughs> but, I mean, like, I'd rather know that you guys weren't giving 100% yeah. where I go, I'm at right, 54 right you know, now. <laughs> you know, one of these days, these guys are going to give 100%. In the meantime, give them 54%. Uh, let's yeah. take a break. That's not a Max. Thank you, Todd. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, nine until noon Eastern, six to nine Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app.
2: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. their own unique mini games like digging for treasure or a robot Pachenko machine and there's always new timed events that will help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies
3: there's always something fun to discover in monopoly go so get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store game on
0: for our good buddy Scott Hastings played in the NBA member of the 1990 bad boy Pistons now a color analyst with the Nuggets. He will join us here in a moment, but I want to play what Eric Spolstra had to say. Ramona Shelburne of the Mothership asked the question, which I thought was a fair question. Eric Spolstra did not think so.
2: This is probably oversimplifying things, but sometimes when when teams play against
5: Jokic, you, you turn him into a scorer, you turn him into a passer, and he controls the game. He only had four assists. And- yeah, that, that, that's ridiculous. You know, it's just... That's the untrained eye that, that says something like that. This guy's an incredible player. Twice in two seasons he's been the best player on this planet. You can't just say, oh, make him a score. <laughs> That's not how they play. They, they have so many different actions that just get you compromised. We have to focus on what we do. Um, you know, We try to do things the hard way, um, and he requires you to do many things the hard way. And he has our full respect. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Coach. Okay, and it's a walk-off, too. I don't know why
0: that bothered him so much, unless he's really careful of trying to oversimplify the joker. So the compliment would be, um, hey, he can score, he can pass. If we can limit one and maybe, you know, uh, is really good at the other one, we still feel like we can win. He's gone over 43 times in the playoffs. They've lost all three times. Are you trying to make him one-dimensional? How do you make him one-dimensional? I, I don't I don't think that's a preposterous question. It felt like, and she's even saying, I'm oversimplifying here. But it uh, that was a, like a Greg Popovich, you know, untrained eye. You never played the game.
4: Yeah, Paul. If you're Ramona Shelburne after game three, you, you raise your hand and say, Coach, like you, I never played an NBA game. What are your thoughts on Jimmy Butler's blank, blank, blank?
0: No, if Joker goes off and has, like, 12 assists and has, you know, 25 points. uh, Coach, I might be oversimplifying this, but it looked like you were uh, trying to let him be a passer tonight. Not a a scorer. Your thoughts, Coach? (laughs) Yes, Eden.
2: And he's like, he throws the untrained eye thing at Ramona Shelburne, (laughs) which was really unfair and just rude. But then... Like there's literally former players who are working as analysts now, saying the exact same thing. I'm pretty. Would that consider? Would they be considered a trained
0: eye? Um, you would think, but Bam Adebayo was talking about that prior to the start of the series. That if you can make him one-dimensional. Scott Hastings joins us now. No, the Nuggets uh, TV color analyst, former NBA player, and was at last night's game. Let me start there with Spolstra and uh, what he had to say. In response to Ramona Shelburne's question, is that is that logical to approach the Denver Nuggets that, hey, if we limit uh, Joker to uh, just scoring, that we can beat him?
6: Well, here's, here's the take on words that that statement makes, in my opinion. Um, it's not Joker not getting people involved. You know, I keep a stat uh, because this came up – couple years ago, well, you know, just let Joker get his. So I, I I, do the games. I'm calling them on radio still. And I'll keep a stat how many, you know, kick out and miss shots, drive to the basket, got a layup, get fouled, right? Where well, you, you get free throws, but you don't get an assist. He had eight of those last night. So if all those shots are hit, all of a sudden he has 12 assists to go with his other stats. That's a pretty good night. So I, I I don't think it's oh, let's let him get his. Listen, we all we all need a little help once in a while, you know. And I and I I thought, like I said, Michael Porter, you know, had another bad shooting night. Um, one of seven, I think, from the three point line. And you know, when you're a guy inside, and 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 you watch a game, you see, I mean, there's bodies around him wherever he's going. And anybody want to tell me they let Joker get 41 last night? I'm not sure they watched that game. <laughs> I mean, they were all over him.
0: I thought after game one, Miami had open looks. They just didn't make them. So I thought yeah. that that was a deceiving win by Denver, that Miami didn't play that well. Now you have Miami not winning and Jimmy Butler not playing that well, and now you go to game three in Miami. So what is the expectation level?
6: Uh I think I think a little bit of game 1 a little bit of game 2. I think um both teams want to shoot the ball letter, uh, better. I thought Duncan Robinson who had had zero points at half uh they let him get started and and you know you let a guy get hot all of a sudden. And that's that's the thing in my hope for you know Porter Jr and even in the broadcast last night when he made that one little layup I'm like, "Well, maybe now he's have seen the ball go in." Um Listen, I, I said this before. I, I think Denver's probably a better team on paper. Um, the only people that really play on paper anymore are, are puppy dogs. So I don't think that means much. Um, but I think it's going to be a good series. I, and listen, hey, what's the old saying? The series doesn't start till somebody wins on the road. And, and guess what? Miami just uh, made the first statement The series has started.
0: What's the adjustment now that Denver makes to counteract the adjustments that Miami made?
6: Well, first of all, we're heading out today, so we're, I, I'm getting all my Ricky Martin uh, DVDs out and, oh. and, and, and music. Okay, to, I figured and, and a Miami sound machine, so oh. I figured that would kind of get me in the mood. Okay, I'm uh, thinking about sending some of those soundtracks to Malone to see kind of play for the guys mm. to get him ready. Um, the physicality listen um you, you can't win and I and, and I really do and I say this respect think this is a softer league right now I just kind of weigh the nature of basketball's turn more finesse if you will great athletes better athletes than there's ever been in the history of the world top to bottom you got guys that we're never gonna know the, their names in in five or ten years that are ten times the athletes of, of dudes that have, you know, that we're still thinking about. Um, but I still think in this time, in this series, in, in this type of stuff on the line, that, that the more physical teams going to win this series. And, and Miami, you know, like I said, a, a couple calls, the game changes, but I think Miami is a more physical team last night.
0: He's Scott Hastings, the Nuggets color analyst, former NBA player, member of the 1990 champion Pistons. Did you guys have to talk about what the philosophy was on the Pistons to beat up Michael Jordan? Uh,
6: <laughs> no, no. It was it almost like you walked in the door and you had an ejection or something, then it was ingrained in your brain, Jordan ruled, boom, boom, boom. And I remember them talking about yeah, so we know how to play, we know how to play him. And I remember uh Brendan Malone, Michael Malone's dad, he and I would drive to the airport and I said, What no, what is you know, the Jordan rules? What are they? Well, here's what it is. And, um no, then it it became <laughs> listen, that was like a tattoo. You came in and that was that was, you know, you knew exactly what that that was.
0: But Chuck Daly never spoke about beating up Jordan?
6: They were talking about beating him up. We just said no layups. I mean, I mean, it was it was done nicely. We were gentlemen, Dan, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so to speak. Um, no, it it was it was. We wanted to get up on him when he got the ball. When he got rid of the ball, you aren't letting him catch it. And he was getting no layups. That 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 were the three simple rules basically that we had.
0: But I wonder if you guys changed the NBA by the way you played against him, therefore he started lifting weights. You made Jordan even better because of the physicality that the bad boy Pistons had.
6: Well, the the little documentary that came out, member of Jordan in the middle of but he kind of he kind of admitted that and yeah, you know, if we were just nicer to him, then maybe <laughs> and, and, and and you know, all of a maybe you know, we could have won a couple more in Detroit. But um, listen, this first of all, I, I still think he's one of the most special people that's ever played this game, and I don't care anybody getting the argument of who's this and who's that. But um, it, there, there's just a nature, you and I could go back to the the mid '80s Lakers. Celtics, when the the what, the clear path is what it's called now, rule first came into tape because remember they're they're clothesline Lambus on the a on the fast break and doing all this stuff. So the game has changed. A they say for health health and safety or whatever. I th- I say it's because they just don't want you know to see somebody decapitated right there on live TV, and I can understand that. Um, but you gotta adjust how you play. And that, That's another thing, also that I don't think is talked about enough. Um, and I don't like, like I said, I don't like officials. But that's 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 not here or there. You and I write a book about that. Um, but each one has their distinct personality. You gotta understand what that personality is, and you have gotta play to that personality. Uh, Daryl Garretson, the great, uh, late great Daryl Garretson. You knew that was gonna be a, 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 a tough. <laughs> physical game because he didn't want to call a lot of fouls he had to adjust uh earl strom you saw him walk in the building you were hoping you were the visiting team jake o'donnell he rewarded hustle i mean these are these are three legendary nba coaches and it's the same way and i you got to know the personality guys and you got to play to them uh, i think the league wants this more of a finesse athletic game and that's what's turned into but Sure seems like to me in the finals the more physical team wins.
0: Safe travels Scott, always great to talk to you buddy.
6: You know what Dan, I just want to say I miss you, I love you and I need you in my life.
0: Well, keep winning and then cuz if you know, I like a, I'm a front runner. If you guys don't win then <laughs> Scott, no I'll be I'll be uh, calling you to talk about the Broncos.
6: Yeah, yeah, yeah. well, no, you won't ever talk about that. Ask Fritzy (laughs) about that. I guarantee you, Fritzy's come to you a thousand times trying to get Bronco guests. That ain't going to
0: work. Hey, all I know is Russ is leaner and meaner. That's all I need this year for uh, Russ Let's Ride.
6: He he does does look uh, leaner, doesn't
0: he? I don't know what that means, but he's leaner and meaner.
6: Yeah, I'm leaner here in the last couple weeks, too, and I still can't get up off this couch.
0: (laughs) Thank you, Scott.
6: See you, buddy.
0: Scott Hastings, former, Nem- or, uh, former uh, broadcaster for a variety of teams, the Atlanta Hawks now with the Denver Nuggets, and a former bad boy Piston. You know, when you think about it, Jordan started lifting weights. Back then, you didn't have basketball players lifting weights. And Jordan was like, I'm going to have a trainer, and I'm going to get stronger and tougher and be able to put up with the bad boy Pistons. So the Pistons actually made Michael Jordan better because they forced him to get bigger and stronger. (laughs) But at the time, back in the late 80s, we are like, hey, no layups, man. He comes in, he's going down. Yeah, Paul.
4: Yeah, I can find a couple articles from the late 80s, early 90s. uh, Jordan was against lifting weights. He thought it would mess up his jump shot, which is conventional wisdom back in the 80s, right? And he was 190 when he graduated college. He got up at one point in his Bulls career to 215 pounds. And he actually... Took a room at his house and made it an entire weight room. And guys like Scotty Pippen would come over in the summertime. Has he sold that mansion in Chicago yet? No. Uh, How is that possible that Jordan can't sell it? Because the person who buys it would have to be an incredibly great basketball player who loves the number twenty-three, <laughs> to really enjoy that house. It is. Uh, it, it, it's clearly Michael Jordan's house when you see all the decor, and the inner, like. The the gate in front has a huge twenty-three on it. Yeah, okay, but that can be replaced. But there's like 50 other things inside the house that clearly.
0: Like how many reminders do you have to have of your jersey number? Does he have any 45s in there? Is it all just 23? It's a beautiful piece of property outside of uh, downtown Chicago.
4: Yes, Todd.
3: And the pool shaped like a swoosh is kind of awkward. That's it's not, not really, true.
4: That's not, not true. That's not true. Yes, Paul. It's very dated looking house. It looks like something that was built in the 90s. What it was, probably was. Yeah. And uh, it, it's been on the market for 10 years.
0: How much is it? it didn't it start at something like, you know, $30
2: million? Yeah, and 20,
4: 20, $29 mil, million. Okay. And now it's down to, I think, I think we can get it for $14 million. Okay. okay.
2: Yes. Yes, Eat. It is crazy that number where, like, in 1984 or whatever, Nike had hoped to make $3 million a year. Yeah. Uh, in, or 3 million in 4 years or something like that and they make 3 million dollars every 5 hours now <laughs> selling Jordans Is that what gear. it is?
0: According to this one article, yeah, it's 3
2: million dollars every 5 hours. They hope to do that in 4 <laughs> years.
0: By the way, uh Sam Cassell is joining the Boston Celtics and he'll uh, be on the coaching staff under Joe Mazzulla. They add some experience
4: there. Yes, Pauline. Jordan's house in Chicago that's for sale was 29 million. It's uh 56,000 square feet, seven acres. And so now $14 million is actually quite the bargain. It's down to $265 a square foot for this house, which is half of what uh, his neighbor's houses are going for. The broker said the only issue with the house is that you're going to have a, to do a lot of work to make it your own, which is basically saying it's very Michael Jordan friendly. Plus the, the heating isn't zoned either, which is a big problem. Oh, <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Yeah, got hit a, all 56,000 square feet. The bathroom needs regrouting, I heard. But he's he's got a,
0: you know, full basketball court in there. Shouldn't it be 23,000 square feet, Michael? Mm-hmm.
4: He's got a tennis court.
0: I would think on that big of a property you could have whatever you wanted. I'm surprised he doesn't have a golf course on there.
4: He has an infinity pool with the grass island, like was is it Pinehurst or what's the what's the, what's the TPC? Yeah. The, the, the floating island little area? Yeah, the the Players' Championship. Yeah, he's yeah. got one of those little a pool with a island that you could chip to. Mm, that's
0: nice.
4: <laughs> yeah. He's also got a berating room where visitors come over and he berates them for not being <laughs> as good at him about things. Well,
0: does he have a room where he punches former yeah. teammates? Yeah, you come in there. The Steve Kerr room? Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app, at FSR, or stream us live on the Peacock app.
5: Hey, it's me, Rob Parker. Check out my weekly MLB podcast, Inside the Parker for 22 minutes of piping hot baseball talk featuring the biggest names and newsmakers in the sport whether you believe in analytics or the eye test we've got all the bases covered new episodes drop every thursday so do yourself a favor and listen to inside the parker with rob parker on the iHeartRadio radio app or wherever you get your podcast and this is it
0: we've got an amex platinum pro on our hands ladies and gentlemen
2: Include their own unique mini games like digging for treasure or a robot Pachenko machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent
3: frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on.
0: Okay, finals game three Wednesday at 830 Eastern on ABC. That'll be in Miami. And according to DraftKings, the Miami Heat are 2.5 underdogs in that game as we bring back the hall of famer turner sports nba analyst reggie miller before we get to the game did you have bed check when you played with the pacers was there anybody in the lobby who would keep an eye on players as they were coming and going were you aware of that
7: uh, not that i'm aware of it's not like football i know in football they have bed checks or curfew um, remember, you're only dealing with 12 to 15 individuals versus, you know, 40 or 50 on a football roster, 25, I believe, on a baseball roster. Um, no, I, I think everyone was left uh, to the honor code, uh, to the honor system. Um, but look, if, if you need to be monitored at this point of the year for what's at stage, Something's wrong. You don't have the right priorities.
0: Yeah, but there are a lot of young players in the game now. I'm not talking about the NBA Finals, but I would think you have to have a hall monitor with some of these kids. I mean, they are kids, Rich.
7: They are, but, I mean, uh, they've been doing this for a while. The AAU circuit, circuit is a lot worse than, you know, college or the pros, so you would assume... Uh, that they are some type of built in system or trust within the player, uh, an organization, a coach, a franchise. Um, but no, no one was in, uh, the lobby with a keypad, with a pad and a pencil monitoring what time you came in or went out or who was coming in Uh and who was leaving. Mm -hmm. That's more important who's coming in and who's leaving. A lot of times, you don't need to go anywhere. (laughs) um, You can have your own fun come to you.
0: That the import-export business that uh, you might be in. All right, would you have a problem if you're a Denver Nugget with your coach, Mike Malone,
5: saying this? And I asked the team, you guys tell me why we lost. And they knew the answer. Miami came in here and outworked us, and we were by far our least disciplined game of these 16 or 17 playoff games, whatever it is now, if we're going to try to go down there and regain control of this series and get home court advantage back, we're going to have to outwork Miami, which we didn't do tonight, and our discipline is going to have to be off the charts. Got any problem with that?
7: No. I think that's a little bit uh, kind for Coach Malone. If you remember in some of those games early on in the playoffs, he was calling them soft. And like, who is this team? I think that's that's very mild for Michael Malone. He's absolutely right. Uh, the, to me, the first six, eight minutes of game two set the tone. Now again, Miami, or excuse me, uh, Denver, they rebounded and they played well from the second into the beginning of the fourth, but the tone had already been set on how that particular game, game two was gonna be played. It was much more physical, Uh, It was possession-orientated, and there was a lot of missed assignments, defensive assignments, uh, that you didn't see in Game 1 for Denver. It was almost like they were playing a regular season game as opposed to Game 2 of the NBA Finals.
0: Yeah, but I don't know. It feels like he wants to mention names, individuals, but he's going to do it under the collective umbrella as the team. I'd start with Michael Porter, Jr., the third. What yeah. the hell? You get paid a lot of money. You, you, you're you a no-show. He's like, good game, no-show. Good game, no-show. And, you know, as the third best player on your team, you can't have that, man.
7: Yeah, at this point of the year no. And you're right. As valuable as he is to the Nuggets' success. Also, too, you know, I know we're only two games in. I'm still kind of waiting on Jamal Murray. We saw what he did in those first couple of rounds where he's been absolutely fantastic. He had his moments uh, in quarter two or three, um, but we're still waiting for him to have one of those signature-type moments here in the finals. But, you know, when I'm watching game two, it looks like Miami went to the game plan, and Jokic I put in the same category with Stephen Curry. you got to make them either or. They can't be able to do both either they're gonna be a volume scorer or they're gonna get a lot of assists. They can't do both. And in game one, Jokic did both. He had 25 plus and he had 10 plus uh, assists. He's gonna get his rebounds. I'm not worried about that. But in game two, 41 points and I believe only five or six assists. Yeah, four. So you gotta make him one or the other. It's when Denver is crazy is when he's able to score and get those other guys off. He wasn't able to do that last night. Okay. Eric
0: Spoelstra would have a problem with you with that logic there because here's Ramona Shelburne from the mothership talking to Eric Spolstra last night.
2: This is probably oversimplifying things, but sometimes when, when teams play against Jokic, you, you turn him into a scorer, you turn him into a passer,
5: and he controls the game. He only had four assists. So not- yeah, that, that's ridiculous. You know, it's just... That's the untrained eye that, that says something like that. This guy's an incredible player. Twice in two seasons, he's been the best player on this planet. You can't just say, oh, make him a score. <laughs> That's not how they play. They, they have so many different actions that just get you compromised. We have to focus on what we do. Um, you know, We try to do things the hard way, um, and he requires you to do many things the hard way. Man, he has our full respect. Okay, thank you, thank you, Coach. Why is he? He did did that,
7: (laughs) but he did do that. He did it the hard way, and that's staying home with shooters, staying attached, making life very difficult for Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. So you can't sag and help. And if he wants to get into that turn and do all those spinnings and make those incredible shots like he did in the third quarter. You shake your hand, you're going to lose anyways, but you can't let Porter give you 12 to 15. Murray, 25 to 30. Uh KCP, 10 to 12. Those guys, you take away their looks and, and make uh, Jokic 30-plus high volume. Make him field goal. Look at his field goal attempts last night. He was, I wouldn't say he was gunny, but that's. That's a, of, mean, that's a lot of that's a lot of attempts. Yeah. So I understand what Coach Folster is saying, but he doesn't want us to understand that's exactly what they did last night. Take everyone else away, make sure he doesn't have ten plus assists and it, get those other guys going.
0: It could have been a monster night where the you know, Jokic scores forty one and he has ten assists. If those guys make six shots, then he's got ten assists and then Miami is now down 0-2 going back home. It's not like they go, you know what, he gets to score all of his points and then we'll shut down everybody else. I mean, that's their logic and their philosophy. But if those players make five or six more shots, then all of a sudden we're looking at that philosophy differently. It's like you let him score and pass. Game one, they hit their shots. Game two, they didn't hit their shots. And that's the difference in his assist total.
7: I agree. But I also think, too, it was much better effort on the defensive end by Miami, staying attached, and getting into shooters, crowding, and again, uh, Bam, Adebayo, uh, Zeller, and at times Love, it's gonna have to be single coverage. And if he yeah. scores, then so be it. Uh, but we've gotta stay attached. That has always been the plus for the Denver Nuggets, has been their depth and their ability to get those others. You know, you hear Shaq talk about all the time those others get the others going along with Jokic. That's why they've been so successful for this NBA Finals run.
0: Kevin Love looks like somebody's dad who stepped onto the court. Like, like if he had cut off corduroys and New Balance on, you would think you were at the Y when you see him. He got old, man.
7: What happened? Kevin Love's not well, that old. Father time catches us all, but, <laughs> but I will say this. For a guy who started that Boston series and then was pretty much relegated to the bench because of the play of, uh, Caleb Martin. And then now to play, he really didn't play a lot in game one either. But then here is Colt Spolstra again. I mean, this is why he was on the top 75 coaches, making the adjustment, putting love back in. You could just plug him in. This is a guy that, you know, every time he's been in the playoffs, his teams have find a way to been in the finals, and he just competes. Is he the same player he was when he was in Minnesota and when he won a championship with Cleveland? No, but he's serviceable. You can plug him in. He's not going to hurt you, and he's going to play within the confines of, of how they, the Heat want to play.
0: Frank Vogel is the Phoenix Suns' new head coach, a defensive-minded head coach. What does he bring to a team that's got a lot of shooters?
7: Uh, I think he brings a chip because I thought he was railroaded when he was with the Lakers. They put a lot of the blame uh, on his shoulders, and he was shown the door after winning that bubble championship. Um, and I think he's going to be bringing a chip. You've got a top-ten player in Kevin Durant, arguably the best scorer this game has ever seen. You've got Devin Booker and we saw how electrifying he was in the playoffs. Um, and if you bring in that defensive minded, I mean, DeAndre Ayton, that's what he's known for defense. Um, but they've got to, they've got to have a few team meetings because there's, there's, I think they're, they've got to air out some things in that locker room first and identify roles. That's the good thing about Frank Vogel is he's going to identify roles. Um, so that, coupled with the chip on his shoulders from what happened with the Lakers, um, that is a scary franchise. And if they can add the defense, what he's known for, again, they'll be in the running to represent the Western Conference uh, a year from now.
0: More likely to be there next year, DeAndre Ayton or Chris Paul?
1: Mm. Mm-hmm.
7: I think you can get a lot of players for DeAndre Ayton. Um, wow, it's hard to find four generals, but Chris Paul's body is breaking down and DeAndre Ayton is younger. I would probably say I would err on the size of going younger in size with Aiden just for the simple fact is Chris Paul's what 37, 38 and a lot of injuries that have kind of mounted up, I would probably say DeAndre Aiden, just to be safe because of the age.
0: Yeah, he's 38. We're talking to Reggie Miller, the Hall of Famer. Uh, Monty Williams getting $10 million a year to coach the Pistons.
7: Yeah, <laughs> that bad,
0: okay. Monty. Okay, what is Eric Spolstra worth? What's Steve Kerr worth if Monty Williams is worth $10 million
7: a year? Both are worth about 15 I would say. I would say both are worth 15 No, they've but, won. They've won I would, something. I would certainly say – I would think. Spolstra should be worth more than Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr has three Hall of Famers and is coaching three Hall of Famers. Eric Spolstra, Jimmy Butler will be a Hall of Famer, but everyone else, I mean, look at what he's done with Gabe, Vincent, Max Strupp, Duncan Robinson. I mean, the list goes on, Caleb Martin. To coach these guys, these undrafted players, and to find yourself a split series in the NBA Finals. I mean, come on, man. And he's making in-game adjustments, post-game adjustments. They just find ways to win. Slight edge to Eric Spolstra in terms of of the monetary, which you're talking about. Both are worth $15, $16 million in my
0: Okay, who is the best coach in the NBA?
7: I'm still gonna go old school. Greg Popovich. Well, he's gonna We're get a whole school. lot better
0: this year with
7: Victor Bumbayama. <laughs> uh, uh, this will tell me a lot. Now, when Wendy comes to San Antonio, and if they are a top, I'll give I'll say 16, team. Top, top six. If they don't have to be in the playing, that lets you know that's that's all Greg Popovich. Right? Because they've been terrible the last few years. They've played hard, but they've been terrible. But now you're going to get Wimby. If they can be one of the top six teams in the West, it's got to be Greg Popovich.
0: I saw an analyst who said that if Wombayama is like Akeem and Kevin Durant and one other person, uh, that would be a disappointment for his career.
7: I I would say that. I team, would too. Kevin Durant. If, if this kid is a mixture of that, my only concern is he looks like me at seven <laughs> Knock on wood. I, I knock on wood. I, I was rarely injured throughout my eighteen year. Only ankle injuries. I just, but I played on the perimeter. I'm not banging with the big boys. But it's not as physical as it was in the 80s and 90s. So he doesn't—he won't be banged up like those days. I just hope he doesn't get hurt. right? I, I just yeah. I pray he stays healthy. If he stays healthy, and everything I've seen on videotape, everything I've seen in scouting reports, if he plays like that, the future is his. So I'm excited for him. Did
0: we talk about Carmelo? You're in favor of retiring his jersey with the Knicks?
7: I think the Knicks and the Nuggets should retire, Carmelo. Absolutely. You don't think so? Syracuse, Nuggets, certainly. And the Knicks. Yes, absolutely.
0: Well, what constitutes retiring somebody's jersey?
7: I think impact to the game,
0: numbers. You, impact- Reg, you had more of an impact on the Knicks. Than Carmelo
7: did. <laughs> <laughs> Impact right? in the community too. Mel okay. was good in the community. Yes, he needs to have his his jersey retired in all three of those places: Syracuse, Denver, and New York Knicks. Oh, I don't know. You don't you don't feel that? Uh, Here is Well, first of all,
0: Jokic wears fifteen.
7: I know. But I I was just getting ready to allude to that. So how do you handle that? Look, Ed O'Bannon and I from UCLA, we both were 31. We're both retired at UCLA, and he was retired before me, and I played before him. So two thirty-ones are retired at UCLA. Why can't we have two number 15s retired for the Denver Nuggets? Who was
0: better at UCLA, you or Ed O'Bannon?
7: Are you serious right now? There was only a handful of players at UCLA that were better than, than me. A handful, and that's and that's with a couple of fingers cut off, too. Wait, okay. <laughs> so you're saying Bill Walton and
0: and uh, Kareem are the only two players UCLA history better than you?
7: <laughs> I'm, yeah. That's what I'm saying.
0: I have to take Gail Goodrich over you.
7: Mm. I beg to differ, but that's your opinion.
0: Well, he did have an unbelievable championship game when he put up, what, 42, and, yeah, and it. They, won okay. it. they won a couple national okay, titles.
7: Okay, I said it. I said a couple of Okay. Players, All right. right? So that's three. There's, your, there's Dale Goodwin. Okay, so you're the
0: fourth best player in UCLA history. Is that what you're saying? Fourth best.
7: Yeah. I'm not going to... I'm not here. Pauly. Pauly,
0: what do you you have? I
4: got to decide this. Well, no, I thought you had numbers here. I got, I'm going to go. Reggie Miller started 93 games for UCLA, had three great seasons 15 points, 26 points, 23 points. Ed O'Bannon, Ed O'Bannon similarly started three seasons 17, 18, and 20. And won a title. Part of a title.
0: Okay, so that's oh, Trump. No, he won a title. That a lot. No, that has
3: yeah.
4: Trump a lot. What if Reggie was allowed that to bring trump's one of his siblings lot. to help him? That <laughs> trumps a lot. Yeah.
7: See, if I would have had Cheryl playing with me at UCLA, we would have won too. <laughs> he had Charles.
0: Would Cheryl have started at UCLA with you?
7: Ah, uh, I don't know if she could have started, but she would have been a hell of a sixth person. Would for us. would she have played? No, Cheryl would have definitely played. I would have made sure, <laughs> and then I could have been just like the old brother and got one.
4: Yes, Paulie. I have a list from Bleach Report: greatest UCLA players of all time. Okay, okay. All right, here, here we go. I'm, I'm just reporting the facts. Okay, Lou Elsinder, number one. Absolutely. Bill Walton, number two. Yes. Gail Goodrich, three. Yeah. Marcus Johnson, Ooh. four. Oh. Okay. That's, uh, yeah. 74 to 77. There's Richard Washington. Is he in no. there? I got Walt Hazard 5, Reginald Miller 6. six. But that's upper echelon. Okay.
7: I'm in good company.
4: Yeah, you are. I'm
0: in
7: good company. Walt easily. Hazard. We forgot about Marcus Johnson. Yes. We forgot about Marcus. Yes. Is, apologize.
0: So you'd put Marcus above you? Yes, I would. Okay. That's Respecting yes, your
4: elders. Pooh Richardson's not scaring Pooh, Reggie.
0: Pooh is not. No. <laughs> yeah, I felt bad for Pooh. He couldn't shoot. Hey, Pooh was a
7: heck of a but a heck of a distributor. Yeah, he found yeah. me.
0: That's Pooh! what happens. That's can what happens. That's what happens when you can't shoot. You got to be a distributor.
7: You better find me. You're right, <laughs> but he can find you.
0: Thank you, Reg. Great to talk right, to you. To
7: see you soon, again, guys. Holly, way to break the tie. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff.